Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You have Opposing the Matrix here. This is Dave again. I'm doing a solo show. It's 11 o'clock p.m. on 11-13-2020. I was talking uh, the other day about this uh, COVID long haulers, and uh, one of the symptoms is that you don't get much sleep. (laughs) Now, People say, well, you drink lots of coffee, and you've heard me drink coffee on the air, and I, I espouse coffee as a very fine beverage. Um, but uh, it doesn't affect me like it affects most people. I can drink a cup of very strong coffee, even espresso, and or espresso, excuse me, and um, and I could go to sleep a half hour later and sleep for two or three hours, you know, a nice nap. Or if I'm going to bed at night, I could sleep all night. Anyway... Um, the effects of the uh, syndrome that's going on here along with the prednisone that the doctors put me on. Uh, prednisone is, is a wonderful drug. Uh, what it does is it helps your body to heal. Um, but at the same time, it it's, keeps you awake. So <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm kind of glad I'm off of work for this weekend and uh because my the the strongest doses of the prednisone are this week, and um, then it tapers down afterwards, and uh, you know then things finally get back to normal after that. But anyway, so I find myself um, willing and able to do radio shows at this time of night because I probably won't get to bed till at least two thirty or three o'clock, and uh, and hopefully I'll have a nice sleep after that. But anyway. Um, came across something kind of interesting and, uh, it was, it was handed down to be my, my wife and it was handed down to her by some friends and, um, and it's actually a video of some guy who must, as far as I could tell, maybe he's a, a history, uh, professor or history teacher or something like that, but he knows the constitution pretty well. And, um, the, uh, title of his video is, so. Uh, why uh, Hillary told Biden never to concede the election. And uh, he uses that to talk about uh, how Trump can use that same method to uh, to actually gain the presidency or to keep the presidency, I should say. Um, and by golly, he's got a good chance of doing it if he just hangs in there. And I would start out this program by saying, hey, if you got some time, Type up a nice little letter and send it to, uh, all you got to do is send it to President Trump, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C. You can look up the uh, address on at the uh, post office website and just t- uh, do encourage him a little bit. Just tell him that, you know, he's done a fine job. You want him to be president for four more years to hang in there. Don't give up. I heard tonight that his son-in-law is trying to encourage him to concede. Um I've always had my doubts about that guy. Um, I don't know if he's doing it for selfish reasons or if uh, he's worried about maybe Trump's health. Uh, maybe is having is the stress stress takes a toll on people, um, or or whatever his reason is. But he shouldn't be trying to do that because Trump swore that he would come and help the American people, and. Um, and he, he came up to the podium, I think it was today, and he was talking about, yeah, it's still today. Um, and he was talking about 
uh, all the plans for the uh, immunizations and all the companies that are working on it and how promising those immunizations look and um, almost convincing enough to make me want to go get one if they come out. Um, almost, I said, not quite. Um, anyway, uh, but he looked kind of tired and haggard, you know, and, you know, think, just think about it. You know, he gets into, he doesn't have to get into politics to begin with, but he's a billionaire and he, he figures, you know, this country he was good to him. He wants to be good to this country. He sees what the swamp is like. He wants to drain the swamp. He got, wants to get rid of politics and put, um, and just put regular Americans into, into office and, and, uh, and to fight for America to get us out of different agreements that we've made that were bad decisions, very, very bad decisions like NAFTA and some of the other trade deals and, uh, the Paris Accords, uh, environmental accords, which would have sunk this country, um, pretty quickly if, if Hillary was president right now. Um, there probably wouldn't be a, an America that you would really recognize. Um, anyway, um, so, yeah, drop them a letter. Heck, what's it going to cost you? A piece of paper, maybe a little bit of ink from your printer and and a stamp. You know, less than a dollar. <laughs> you, know, you can send them a letter of encouragement. I'm going to do it tomorrow morning, as a matter of fact. And um, get it to the post office before the post office closes, as tomorrow is Saturday. But um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, I think it's quite important that we, you know, he's done a lot for us. So let's bolster him a little bit, okay? Um, and if you don't agree with that, well, then don't do it, you know? <laughs> That's all I can say. But um, anyway, uh, this fellow that uh, I, I want to present tonight, I don't even know his name. Um I got on to, uh, I finally found his video and, uh, I copied the uh, audio from it so we could play it on a show tonight. It was, um, put on here by a, a YouTube user called Miramac, M-E-A-R-A-M-A-C-K. It's titled How President Trump Might Retain His Role as Our President by Miramac. But the, the uh, the name of the video actually is uh, why Hillary told uh, as far, far as I know is why Hillary told uh, Biden not to concede and and he'll go into that and you'll see but um, and he'll show you that this has happened a couple of other times in history um, where this process has had to go through and it all has to do with the Twelfth Amendment. Um, to the Constitution, and I want to read that to you, and, and if you can understand it, God bless you. Um, we got to remember that this was written in um, 1700s uh, English, so uh, some of the sentences look, look like they're run-on sentences, but they're really not, and um, I will try to read it the best I can. I want to read this first because, you know, as the time goes on, uh, my reading diminishes a little bit. Um, so anyway, I'll try to read it a little slowly and, and use the uh, pauses where the commas are and stop the sentences where the periods are. And, of course, I'm going to be taking sips of coffee in this during this, uh, which will hopefully be a brief uh, radio broadcast, um, simply because... Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but my voice is a little, uh, 
haggard and uh, ragged and uh, it's been that way since January and I don't know why every once in a while my, my voice gets very deep and raspy and uh, well that's another another thing to see the doctor about I guess but I haven't mentioned that to him um, anyway uh, it says uh, if I can get this stupid window to go away uh, election of a president and vice president passed by Congress December 9th, 1803, ratified June 15th, 1804. This is the amendment, that is. Um, the 12th Amendment changed a portion of Article 2, Section 1. A portion of the 12th Amendment was changed by the 20th Amendment. Okay. Now, here we go. Okay, this is 1803 language. So the electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for president and vice president, one of whom at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. They shall name, they shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president and in distinct ballots the person voted for as vice president, and they shall make distinct lists of all persons voted for as president and all persons voted for as vice president, and the number of those votes for each which list they shall sign and certify and transmit, sealed to the seat of government of the United States, directed to the president of the Senate. Okay, the Senate's involved. Uh, the President of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate of the House of Representatives, uh, the Senate and the House of Representatives, open all the certificates and the votes shall then be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes for President shall be the President, if such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed. And if no person have number to be a majority of the whole number of the electors appointed, and if no person have such a majority, then from the persons having the highest numbers not exceeding the three on the list of on the list of those voted for as president, the House of Representatives shall choose immediately by ballot the president. Period. But in choosing the president, the vote shall be taken by the states the representation from each state having one vote, okay? Each state gets one vote. A quorum for this purpose shall be shall consist of a member or members of two-thirds of the states, and a majority of all the states shall be necessary to a, to a choice. Hold on, i got to scroll down a little bit here. I've got this minimized so I can fit everything on the screen. And if the House of Representatives shall not choose the president, whenever the right of choice shall dissolve upon them uh, before the fourth day of March next following, then the vice president shall act as the president, as in the case of the death or the constitutional disability of the president. The person having the greatest number of votes as vice president shall be the vice president. If such a number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed, and if no person have a majority, then the, then from the two highest numbers on the list, the Senate shall choose the vice president. 
A quorum for that purpose shall consist of two-thirds of the whole number of senators, and a majority of the whole number shall be necessary to a choice. But no person constitutionally ineligible uh, to the office of president shall be eligible for vice president of the United States. In other words, um, let's just say that uh, an independent was elected and Donald Trump was running as president. They couldn't say, hey, we want Donald Trump to be our vice president. Uh, that just can't happen anyway. So that's the body of the text. And it's it's not too hard to understand, actually. But the thing you got to remember is it falls to the states and each state has one vote. OK, if you look at a map of um, the states that voted for Trump, I think there were 37 states that voted for Trump. A simple math leaves 13 states that voted for for uh, for Biden. OK. And there's 37 houses, house represent houses of representation in each um, in 37 states that are Republican in nature. That's what I should have said. I'm sorry. Um, so in either case, um, they would no doubt vote for President Trump and he would become president. But anyway, I don't want to get into this too much because um, this guy is going to get into it. And he's going to explain it much more eloquently than I ever could. Okay. Um, in the meanwhile, um, <clears throat> what's going on now, I guess, uh, Nevada's still a mess and Arizona hasn't finished counting. Um, and, uh, they're going into, uh, recount, I think Wisconsin, Michigan, actually there's lawsuits in Wisconsin and Michigan. Michigan is a mess as we discussed last night. Um, Michigan's always been a mess when it comes to to elections, it seems. Um, and then, of course, North Carolina went to Trump and Georgia's recounting. And um, there's another state that's recounting to Pennsylvania. So uh, Pennsylvania is also a mess. And uh, it's funny how the uh, the heavily unionized states are the ones that are the most trouble. Um, I'm not saying that to down the unions or anything. I'm just making a, a statement of fact. Um, so, um, anyway, uh, the, the chances are good, no matter what way you look at it, that, um, that, uh, Donald Trump is going to be reelected if he just hangs in there and doesn't give up. Okay. I mean, he's got every right to give up. I'd feel like giving up if I felt the country turned on me, but I think the man knows that, uh, that there's been a lot of fraud. Well, he stated it several times. So he does know it. And I think he's going to fight on to the bitter end. Uh, dis despite uh, what his uh, son-in-law is trying to get him to do. Um, I don't think he's going to go that route. But a little, uh, quite a few letters from maybe two or three million people telling him, hey, press on might be a nice thing for, uh, for to happen, you know, to, uh, to give him a little bit of encouragement. Um, anyway, um, man, there was something else I wanted to bring up in this, and I just, uh, let's see, maybe I can, um, well, I'm going to announce to you that I'm, I'm doing a Gamatria value list on uh, 
<laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Mitt Romney, Mitt's not his real first name. Uh, his his middle name is, he was named after a famous football player. Uh, his first name's Willard, Willard Mitt Romney. And uh, I will be doing a uh, Gamatria a study on his name. And uh, it's kind of mixed. It really is. And, uh, but, uh, you know, like we've said, like half of these I'll probably be eliminating uh, because they were searches that people did of their own names or, but we're coming up with stuff like, like uh, consistently wicked. Um, 9-11, the, 2001 comes up a couple times in, under his name's value. Um, so anyway, it's it's real interesting, and I'm I'm going to be working on that probably this week sometime if I get a chance. <clears throat> there are things that need to be done around here, and I think I took care of my mouse problem. I'm going to check tomorrow to see if one of the little suckers is stuck in one of the traps. But I haven't heard any noises tonight, and I usually hear noises by now in the walls. So uh, maybe I got one or two or three of them. I saw a little thing on Facebook today. It was um, uh, it's, it's to this effect, and there was a mouse trap that had about six or seven mice that were trapped in it. And it said something like what you get when you don't listen to, when you listen to fake news and you believe lies that about the cheese or something like that, or no, nothing in this, nothing in this life is free, including the cheese or something like that. It was, it was pretty funny. I wish I could remember it uh, wholeheartedly, but um, I just can't. It's been a long day, a very long day. Um, anyway, so we read the Twelfth Amendment. Um, the, the framers of this country were very—I don't know. When I was a, here's the deal: when I was a kid, I often wondered about time travel, and I always—I always said, "Boy, it'd be it would be so nice to be able to go back and meet Abraham Lincoln and go back and meet George Washington." I once had a teacher tell my uh, mother that. You know, when she asked about me, the teacher goes, are you kidding? Any kid that idolizes Lincoln and Washington is is bound to be a good person when he grows up. So um, not good because of anything I did, but because of what Yeshua did for me. But I think I had my uh, my destiny was on the right track even uh, before I came to knew him, know him. And coming to know him made me all, all the more better and made me perfect in the father's eyes, as a matter of fact. So, um, anyway, um, I always hoped that I could go back and meet them. And now I wonder, you know, and I I know I harp on this a lot, but please entertain me for a few minutes. But wouldn't it be funny if, uh, you know, if time travel was possible, then maybe it is. I think it is, but, you know, what do I know? Um. But wouldn't it be funny if it was possible and maybe Donald Trump saw all the problems that were going to happen through the years and, uh, you know, and he went back and, and, and spoke with Thomas Jefferson and said, well, you know, sir, you know, uh, my name is uh, Donald Trump and I've not even been born yet in this time frame, but I come from the future and I want to tell you a few things that you might want to write about so that these things don't happen. And, uh, 
you know, they're, they're going to try to take away the guns uh, for years and decades. They're going to be mentioning about taking everybody's guns. And you know what that leads to. And Jefferson would say, yeah, it would leave the populace undefended and they wouldn't be able to revolt if they needed to. And, uh, and he might have said something like, and they're going to try to steal elections. And this is how they're going to do it. Because for them to write the 12th Amendment like they did in 1803, um, and I, yeah, that would have been Jefferson. He was still alive in 1803. I think he might have been president in 1803, as a matter of fact. Um, but um, for him to write that, almost it's almost verbatim the way that the election is trying to be steal, stolen. And uh, it's it's like he wrote it so that it would be a um, it would be impossible for an election to be stolen. OK, um, a lot of people, especially young people, don't understand the Electoral College. Well, if you live in Oregon, you understand it, especially if you're a Republican, because. I would say two thirds to three quarters of Oregon is rural and we grow all the food and uh, we're the hardest workers in the state. But when we have an election, it's always Portland, Eugene and Salem. That's way to vote to the left. And that's because the California virus has been moving up to Oregon for years and um, has infected Oregon to the degree that it's now a, a blue state where it used to be a red state for many years um, in the past. Sip of coffee, if you don't mind. Try to do that without making too much noise. Um, there's nothing worse than going to a restaurant, sitting next to somebody that slurps. You ever do that? It's terrible. Or next to uh, a group of people from that might come from another country that don't know they, to close their mouths while they chew and they sound like a table full of uh, cows while they're eating. <laughs> I've actually had that happen. It happened a lot at work uh, years ago. Um, and I'm not going to call out any specific group of people. Um, it just, it just happened and that's, it was really hard to eat in a break room. After a while, I just went out and ate in my truck uh, where it was nice and quiet. And I could listen to Rush Limbaugh while I was eating. Anyway, um, so they did me a favor. Um, so uh, where was I going with this? The framers uh, uh, making provisions in the Bill of Rights to actually uh, make it harder for, for things to be done that uh, evil people could do. Okay. Um, and it all left my mind when I stopped to get that cup of coffee. But anyway, um, so you got to wonder, you know, yeah, sure, they, they would have known about the gun thing probably because they just went through the revolution and, and they realized that they, they uh, beat the pants off of the greatest army on earth at the time and caused them to go home with their tails between their legs. And if you're British and you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but that's what happened. Um, and, uh, you know, but they and, and they and they could have quite possibly gotten the uh, the idea of elections being stolen and the, and the debased uh, state of men's hearts. Uh, because of uh, about 1,300 years at that time, maybe 1,400, 
of uh, corruption by different uh, church entities. Uh, There were times when the church controlled the government. There were times when the government controlled the church. Um, And at the time of uh, the revolution, the government was controlling the church. And so that's why you have, um, uh, it's not written this way in the Constitution, but the separation of church and state. Basically, the Constitution said that the state should establish no religion as the state religion. And, uh, but that's all been taken out of context by the left. Uh, who who uh, are run you know or or base their theology on uh, Marxism and Marx said that the religion is the opiate of the people. Uh, today it's more like sports is the opiate of the people. Um, but uh, anyway, so they they wrote a lot of provisions in there to keep bad things from happening. Okay, um, through experience, I think through history lessons and. And maybe just maybe uh, somebody came back from the future and told them about things that would happen, you know. Um, my goodness, I, if you were to take those guys and put them all in a time machine and bring them back, bring them up to the future, to today's date, and show them what's happening, they'd be appalled. And they'd probably be ridiculed by the Democrats um, because, you know, they uh, the Democrats like to do that when whenever – People try to impart um, righteousness and, and truthfulness and justice in the land. Anyway, um, I don't want a Democrat bash. It's very, very easy to do. Um, um, anyway, um, oh, just a news flash. Um, uh, Oregon did something stupid today. <laughs> You're going, oh, again? Uh, actually, it's not Oregon. It's it's the uh, Oberfuhrer. Uh, Kate Brown that's um, running things. Uh, she's basically shut the, the state down for two weeks. You can't travel in or out of the state. And uh, I'd like to see what they would do if you try to go, you know, pick some obscure back road that like goes into um, um, a neighboring state just to see if you can get out. <laughs> I wonder if people are going to try that or if they're going to have the state police at every um, at every uh, exit from Oregon that goes into Washington or Idaho or Nevada or California, um, all states that border here. So that'll be very interesting, but she's doing it again without the uh, legislature and which is totally a violation of um, the state's constitution. But when you have a bunch of leftists running the, uh, the house of representatives here and, and the state Senate, and and the courts, um, the st- the odds are stacked in her favor. Let's put it that way, and uh, nothing will ever be done about it. And um, but uh, anyway, you know it's funny when I when I start these things, I, I get on one subject and I get a thousand different thoughts that go through my brain, and I have to keep on subject. I mean, <laughs> it's. Because a lot happens during the day and you hear a lot and you want to talk about a lot, but you have to stay on subject. And that's really hard to do sometimes. So um, anyway, let's um, go ahead. We've been into the, the radio show about a half hour now. Um, well, before we do that, let's talk some more about Kate Brown. Um, so um, she's doing some weird stuff again. Um when it comes to schools, some schools are going to allow it to be remained open. Oh, here's the one that really got me. Um, 
if you're going to have Thanksgiving, you can only invite like one family member over. And, uh, she, her, her solution to this is going to be to Zoom Thanksgiving with her, her in-laws and her family so that they could all have Thanksgiving together. And, uh, I work on that day, so it does, it's kind of inconsequential to me, but I don't think it's fair that families can't get together and spend time with one another just because some witch, oh, did I say that? Uh, all because some governor, uh, up in Oregon, uh, in Salem decides that, uh, she wants to ruin it for everybody and it's all in the guise of keeping COVID-19 from spreading. And she just doesn't get it that when you sequester people in their, in their houses, they're not exposed to germs and viruses that they would normally be exposed to and their bodies lose the opportunity to develop, develop an immunity against those things. And then when they go out into the public, they have no immunity. It's kind of like when people wash their hands with that, uh, uh, that alcohol, um, you know, you put your hand under or you pump it into your hand. It's supposed to kill all the bacteria on your hands. Well, you're meant to have a certain degree of bacteria on your hands because it helps your body to fight off that bacteria. And then when you touch something and you like some food, if you, you know, let's say you ate an apple and you're eating the apple and you're eating it with the apple in your hand and you're biting into it when your hand has touched that apple. So the bacteria goes into your body, it goes down into your stomach. If you have bleeding gums, it might go into your bloodstream. But then your but your body develops the ways to, to fight against it. It develops antibodies and um, white blood cells and stuff that uh, that go in there and kill. And uh, when you take all that stuff away, like when you wash your hands all the time, if you get an infection on your hands afterwards, there's no good bacteria to kill the bad bacteria. And your body doesn't have the immunity to fight that bad bacteria that you might have cut, got into your body when you cut your hand. Um, so those things are good to a degree. But, um, you know, when you got to use that stuff 50 or 60 times a day, especially if you work in healthcare, it's that's not a good practice. It's not good. Washing your hands with soap and water is okay, you know, but uh, something that's germicidal like um, like the Purell or whatever that stuff is, uh, that alcohol stuff you put on your hands that kills like 99% of the germs on your hands, not a good thing necessarily. Um, anyway, um, so, uh, so we're not supposed to spend Thanksgiving together and she might extend this to, um, through, through, uh, December 1st, if she thinks she needs to, and some counties are going to be hit harder than others with her rules and regulations. And well, somebody asked her today, well, what are you going to do with the state police? You know, are they going to, are they going to give people warnings? Are they going to give people tickets? Are they going to cite them? Are they, um, are they um, going to arrest them and throw them in jail? And she goes, well, we haven't quite thought about that yet. You know, we're trying to decide what we're going to do about that. And it's, I'm telling you, this, this whole West Coast is turning into a police state. And it's really scary to live here, folks. It's scary if you, you know, you don't have the hope of Yeshua. I don't know how people with that don't have faith do it, to tell you the truth. Well, I, I know how some of them do it. They they get a bunch of guns and they head into a mall and murder a bunch of people. Um, and those people are usually leftists that do that, by the way. I don't think any any uh, gun 
violence in a mass degree like um, Columbine. Uh, to use that as an example, those guys were um, were brought up in liberal households, and um, where there's no hope, people perish, unfortunately, or their their train of thought perishes, and they cause other people to perish because they think that they're more special than everybody else. And if you meet most liberals, they they think that they're smarter than you and better than you and everything else. Anyway. Um, I digress. And uh, so anyway, this uh, video I'm going to play, or actually the audio from the video, it's about seven minutes long, and he explains a lot of things, okay? Um, he really goes into it. It's a, it's a history lesson that I wish I would have learned. At. Back when, when um, I was in grade school and, and into high school, we used to have civics classes in high school um, where we would learn parts of the Constitution. We learned the Bill of Rights, um, the first ten amendments. We really didn't go much into the other ones except for maybe the uh, uh, the 16th Amendment, you know, the Emancipation Amendments and stuff like that. I never even knew there was a 25th until um, Ronald Reagan got shot. Um, so um, <laughs> it was funny. Because we were watching a program today, and it was about some aliens that are um, acting as humans. They're here to study us. Uh, it's called Third Rock from Their Sun. It's probably not something that people with children should watch. But it, it does have some amusing things in it. And, and what people you think people would think if they came to this world and tried to pose as humans and didn't quite understand us. And... Um, and so the one uh, guy today, he realizes that uh, he thinks he's an American because he's in love with this uh, this other professor. And he's a lead character, by the way. And uh, and he says, oh, yes. He says, I was spending time with Mary and we were having fun because there was two Americans. And that's what we have in common. We're both Americans. And a, and a kid who's really the information officer and really the oldest person there, but it's in um, teenage form. Um, on this earth says, well, you're not, you're Canadian. Here's your Canadian passport. <laughs> and so he went to uh, the INS office. I guess it was the INS back then and wanted to take the test for citizenship and uh, couldn't answer the questions, of course. But then when he grilled his girlfriend about some, uh, some stuff, uh, I guess he had boned up on it after he failed. And uh, so he asked her stuff that she didn't know. And he's like, well, my goodness, you, you're an American and you grew up as an American, but you don't know this stuff. And I know it being from Canada. You know, he was lying. But um, anyway, so it just goes to show you that, you know, I think that if a lot of us had to um, take a test again to be be Americans or to prove that we were Americans, a lot of us would fail. And uh, that's why I think it's important that we every once in a while peruse the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. And, boy, if you really want to challenge, read the Articles of Confederation. My goodness. And uh, the arguments that uh, all the founding fathers had. Oh, that's what I was getting into. I just remembered. Um, we were getting into, into Oregon and how the cities um, basically control the whole state. And, well, my answer to that is, well, we grow all the food out here, so if we want them to submit, we just quit sending them food. I think that's a really good idea. Uh, hunger um, is a great persuader of people, and uh, but I know that will never get done. 
But, uh, you know, a lot of these younger people, they don't know about the uh, Electoral College and why it was formed. Well, coming from New Jersey, which is one of the smaller states, we learned a lot about the Electoral College when even when I was in grade school. And, uh, you know, back then, each state had its own coinage before everything came together. And it was almost like a whole bunch of different countries that were all living next to one another. And so your the coinage for Pennsylvania was at a different value for the coinage from New Jersey, which was at a different value for the coinage of New York. Um, and um, the postal system hadn't been yet, uh, uh, you know, formed. So when you sent a letter, um, I can't even remember what you did when you sent a letter, but if you used Actually, they didn't use postage stamps back then. Um, I have to look into that because I can't remember. But anyway, um, the complaint was that the states that were bigger, like New York or Virginia, seemed to have more influence over the the writing of the Constitution and the and the founding of the nation and everything. And the little states didn't like that because they felt like that they were being underrepresented. So. That's why they, they started the Electoral College, so that the little states would have the same voice that the big states have. And when these, I hear these kids saying, oh, get rid of the Electoral College, well, obviously they haven't studied history, or else they would know why the Electoral College existed. Um, you look at maps nowadays, they'll show a map that where they'll say Los Angeles County has uh, the voting rights, basically, if you went by the popular vote. Um, the voting rights of like 37 different states. That's how powerful Los Angeles County is, or California maybe. And um, so, if we didn't have the Electoral College, there'd be about five or six states that would con- that would decide everything for every every other state, you know. And um, and that's why we have it because there are states like South Dakota or Oregon for that matter that have very low populations yet they have a say because when it comes time to elect a president um look at Arizona you know or Nevada you know they're all worried about Arizona and Nevada and those two states don't have that many electoral votes you know but uh those votes could be what puts just one person over the edge and keeps the other person from even reaching the edge. Um, so it's very important. And um, so anyway, there, there are things that were built into the Constitution um, with regard to states' rights, to people's rights, um, to the rights of the people to have a voice in the election of the president. Um, so anyway, um, okay, so let's see. Well, play the video or the audio, and then we'll talk about it a little bit, maybe. And, um, and then we'll try to make this close to an hour show, and that'll be it. And uh, I still got to get together with those other guys to find out what we're going to do on on uh, Monday. But the way the political thing's going, it's probably going to go in that direction again. Hopefully not. Um, we need to start talking about the uh, the days of Noah again. Uh, there's some, I, I read some articles about the days of Noah and it's separated into different sections um, about uh, there's a, a, a passage in Luke that shows that there was homosexuality in the days of Noah. Um, 
there was one about technology, how the angels brought down technology and how we, our technology has um, increased so many fold over uh, the last hundred years, let's say, or 120 years, if you want to be more accurate, um, you know, in all different areas. But, you know, with the technology, I think with the stuff that's coming out, I think that that article needs to be expanded a little bit. And um, anyway, so uh, maybe we'll start talking about stuff like that, you know, and uh, we could have Jonathan Gray on again. And I know that Russ wants to come on again with the chemtrail stuff. So, um, by the way, I um, I took notes when he was on and I ordered some of the stuff that he talked about. Um, I didn't know that you had to have K2 with the vitamin D. I knew that if you had um, calcium with it, and that's why they put vitamin D in milk, because milk has a lot of calcium in it, that that helps the body to absorb it, the vitamin D. And the vitamin D then helps the body to control your calcium that goes back into your bones. So um, anyway, I ordered some of that um, vitamin D with K2. I ordered some... Uh, uh, Magnesium, a special kind of magnesium that he was talking about, and um, the SAM-E, which is for uh, inflammation and joints and stuff like that. So I just got them today, as a matter of fact, so all loaded up and ready to go. So anyway, without further ado, let's play this um, audio that why Hillary, uh, why Hillary Clinton told Joe Biden not to concede. and. If you've got to, um, and I've had to listen to it two or three times, okay, in order to fully understand it. Um, It's not that complicated, but I wanted to make sure that I had all the reading points, all the bullet points in, in, um, in order so that I could understand it to explain it partially to you. Not as good as he's going to explain it, but, um, but listen to it. If you got to stop the audio and go back. You know, the seven, seven, seven and a half minutes, I think the audio is, um, then do it. Do it two or three times before you proceed with the rest of the show. And, um, and it'll help you to really understand why this is going to put Donald Trump over the top if he resists the urge to give up and say, you know what? The heck with it. So, Here we go. Why Hillary Clinton told Joe Biden not to concede. Okay, everybody, come back into class now. Get get in your seat and get your pencils and your your notebooks and everybody settle down. Come on, all you students of history, you students of the law, settle down. I'm ready to teach you a few things. What happens if President Donald Trump does not concede the election? I talked about it in a previous video, but I'm going to cut right to the chase. It's happened two times in history. It happened in 1800. It's happened in 1824. And if you'll remember, Hillary Clinton told Joe Biden not to concede. You remember that? Before this election, she told him, do not concede. You know why she told him that? I hate to say it, smart woman. She knows the law. But most Americans don't. Most of you watching me don't know it. I didn't know it. But now I do, and knowledge is power. And I promise you, 
Donald Trump knows what I'm fixing to tell you. So do all of his lawyers. Okay, so here's what happens. Real, real simple. The most powerful thing that keeps the peace in the United States of America is not required by law. It's just a custom. And um, it's called a concession speech. We've been doing it for a long time, but there's no law that requires a concession speech. However, it does aid in the peaceful transfer of power. So normally, when a presidential candidate is in a fight for the presidency, it's a powerful position. It's like a throne, a king fighting for his throne. He has supporters, and those supporters are literally ready to fight, if you will, for their guy. And that's just the way it works, folks. It's been that way since the dawn of time. At the moment of the concession speech is when those people that support this guy are pretty much given the green light to simmer down, go back home. It's all over. It's a surrender. It's a white flag of surrender. But it is not required in the Constitution. It's simply a custom. It's a wonderful custom. Once a president concedes, the battle is over. There's no more legal fighting. There's nothing. Everything after that just sort of happens with a rubber stamp. Then the electors get together. They cast their votes in Washington, D.C. The president is officially elected, and the votes are certified. And that certification gives that man the presidency. But more importantly, his concession speech from the opponent is what gives him legitimacy and a transfer without drama. But two times in our history, presidents did not concede the election. Why? Well, not because they were trying to be rambunctious, but just like Al Gore, they knew that something was off and they were not ready to give up a fight with a margin less than 1% in all the battleground states. According to the law, Georgia is going to be recounted. We do not have any official result anywhere in the nation. Pennsylvania is going to be recounted. Arizona is still being counted. Nevada is going to be recounted. We have a total recount coming. Now, after that recount, the president has legal options to go to court to prove irregularity. So let's just say that none of that works and the president still will not concede the election. The Constitution, Article Amendment 12 of the United States Constitution gives you the answer of what will happen. If they cannot rule on it in the court and he does not concede and there's no certification of an undisputable majority, then we go to the House of Representatives. When we get to the House of Representatives, there are 475 members of that House. The election is null and void at that point. It's like it never happened. The numbers do not matter any longer. This has happened twice in history. I got a feeling it's fixing to happen again. At that moment, the election becomes obsolete. And now the president will be elected by the Congress. 
the House of Representatives. Now, immediately, that, that strikes fear in the heart of a conservative because guess who controls the House? The Democrats. But not so fast. The Constitution goes on to say in that article that each state in the Congress gets one vote, not each representative. Each state gets one vote for the president. Well, there are 50 states in the House. Of those 50, 37 are Republican. At that moment, a Republican Congress will officially, constitutionally vote in the next president. Why do you think Donald Trump has not conceded? He knows these things that I'm telling you. He understands that there was illegitimate votes cast. He understands that votes are still going on. Now, he may get tired of the fight. I don't know. I, I don't think he is, though. But he does have a constitutional remedy to his dilemma. This is going to be interesting to watch. But remember, Hillary Clinton told Joe Biden, do not concede no matter what. Now, why did she tell him that? Because she knows what I'm telling you. And so, Joe Biden has won a few battleground states with less than 1%. Those are automatic recounts. We will not have a winner till we have a certification. If we can't get a certification that's not contested in the courts, it will go to the House of Representatives just before Inauguration Day. Now, you might know why the Panther is getting real quiet in the background. Wait for the attack. I'm not saying that's how it's going to go, but the Constitution foresaw this. The Constitution made a way for an illegitimate election to be overturned in the House of Representatives. So class is dismissed, and now you know the truth. Wow, oh wow, oh wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I had teachers like that in school, and I just wish that uh, they would have taught me more. Maybe I wish I would have listened a little better. I think that that's, that was the problem. You know, you sat in those civics classes, and they were boring. Well, if you weren't going to get into politics, they were boring. You know, if you're going to be a ditch digger or a plumber or something like that, you really didn't care. You knew that. Well, back then, things just ran normally. <laughs> it's just, like he said, the last two times that this has happened was like, what did he say, 1800 and 18, well, two two times in the um, seventh, or the 19th century, early 19th century. And um, so, um you know, if, if you're not familiar with something and something's not in the norm, you really don't care about it. You know, you care about uh, if you're in school, you care about getting good grades. If you're out working, you care about making it to work and having a job and providing for your family and things like that. So those things take up of a lot of a lot of our lives. And so we don't uh, pay attention. But there are quite a few amendments to the uh, the Constitution that I think need to be studied a little further by you and me and everybody else because uh, this one definitely applies to what's going on today. And uh, 
I was looking at, uh, I'm going to type it in here real quick. Current election results. 2020. And just to see what's going on here, because uh, there are some. Okay, that one's kind of old. Yeah, that one's kind of old. Um, there are some maps out there that uh, that show the current state of affairs with uh, some of the states being uh, recounted and things like that. So kind of is what I was looking for. And, um, yeah, that's kind of stupid. Going to ABC News. That's like going to Pravda to find out how uh, people in the, in the gulags are doing. <laughs> You're not going to find out. Uh, Bloomberg, I don't trust them. New York Times. Politico, oh my goodness. I, I would believe Pravda before I believe Politico. Um, let's see. Here's one from something called Balatopia. Um November 11th, November 12th, November 13th. Okay, we've got about one minute until the 14th. Um, nothing much. Just telling about five media outlets that are claiming Joe Biden won. I'm sorry, but the media outlets are not the American people. So... Um, Anyway, it looks like things are still all in the um, in the critical stage, and things are all still being worked on. So, um, one of the places that I usually go to is um, Parlor. Yes, I'm one of those people that doesn't use Twitter anymore, except to advertise this radio show. Um, otherwise, uh, I should. I really don't. Uh, Everything to do with Twitter, and now that I found out that they took off Ice, Ice's feed, uh, they're really getting. <laughs> uh, here you got an article: Gover uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom attends party that seems to violate state's COVID restrictions. That's the way communism is, folks. They can do it, but you can't. Okay. And a lot of times I'll go to this place called the Storm. It's a it's a um, QAnon basic basically a QAnon site. And uh, let's see, seven hundred thousand ballots are not allowed to be viewed in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, which means that based on our great Constitution, we will win the state of Pennsylvania. Coming from Donald Trump. Oh, wow. Now, here's something that, if it's true, let's see, it comes from, uh, um, let's see. Oh, I don't know whether to believe this or not, but I'll tell you about it. It's really a YouTube video, but there's an explanation underneath it. Maybe. Oh, boy. Okay, I got, I got to look at this further because it's a very important development. 
Um, it says the U.S. military has raided and seized servers in Germany tied to the Dominion election system. People on the ground in Germany report that Siddle, uh, which... Uh, which hosting your election data improperly through Spain was raided by a large U.S. Army force and their servers were seized in Frankfurt. Gosh darn it. What? All right, well, there's something that we need to maybe look at. Um, another thing he puts here, is there a coup? Is there a coup? Is there coup is coming? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, there's a million man march in DC this weekend where millions of Trump supporters will be. The Secret Service is in quarantine. Does that just mean that they are willing to help Biden over th- through the White, um, overthrow the White House? I think is what they said. They meant to say. China congratulated Biden today. Does that mean that they are ready? I've heard stories about there being uh, Chinese troops up in British Columbia ready to come down over the border. That would be kind of interesting. Well, considering that these three states on the West Coast, they'd probably just, you know, raise their hands up and go, okay, take over, you know, because, you know, they're basically communists already. Um, Let's see. Hillary Clinton's lawyer launches national assault on voter laws. Um, let's see here. Man, there's a bunch of good stuff on this guy's site. Let's see. Three communists. Uh, nope, that's a list. Never mind. Um, anyway, I think a lot of this stuff we went over uh, yesterday when we when we did our thing, uh, the, the uh, Dominion Voting uh, Service is denying any culpability in uh, in the throwing of the election, which is ridiculous. I mean, especially since they sent out um, instruction books on how to change things. Um, and I read that yesterday. What's this? One American news leadership donated exactly zero dollars to the Clinton Foundation. Okay. I guess OANN has been criticized for doing that, but they're denying that they've done that. Um, It says landslide continues. President Trump won 79% of the United States counties. This percentage is before election fraud cases are overturned. Uh, let's see. Now I got to look at this. Okay. President Trump counties, 2,497. Prince Valium counties. <laughs> By Prince Valium. I love it. This is a reference to uh, Spaceballs. Um, Prince Valium counties, 477. So it's too bad they don't go by counties. Um, that would be a lot better. Oh, I don't think I meant to hit that button. There we go. Oh, oh well. Parlor's kind of weird. You got to get used to it. By the way, today or yesterday now was Friday. I wonder how many of you um, left um, Facebook and Twitter and went with Parlor and MeWe or something similar to MeWe. Um, I'd really like to know that. Um, 
I am really trying to get people to go, to go over to me. <laughs> but, um, you know, getting people, especially Christians, to go over to MeWe, because that's basically who most of my friends are, are believers, um, is like trying to get them to realize that uh, the law really isn't dead. Uh, that, yes, Jesus fulfilled it, the law, but, um, you know, that some of the law is the, some of the Torah is still valid, especially the Ten Commandments. Um it's usually the, the Christians that say that the, the law has been done away with that go out and break the law. People like uh, Joel Olstein saw something funny the other day. Um, it was a Joel, it was a, a parody, of course, but it was a Joel Olstein, um, um, kind of like one of those um, demonic eight balls that used to be, or I guess you can still get them out there. You ask them questions and you turn it over and it answers. And, um, but this one was a Joel Olstein one that gave you um, things to make you feel better during the day. <laughs> so um, this thing still says it's loading this guy's profile. So obviously this uh, program parlor is having problems. And, and rightfully they should have problems because, um, you know, today everybody was supposed to switch over. And a lot of people did. A lot of my friends aren't on Facebook anymore or on Twitter and they're on these formats and I wrote to them and I said hey when you get over there especially MeWe look for me because I'm on there <laughs> I need friends on MeWe you know and uh, you know that went largely unanswered so I don't know it's, it's really hard anymore with people you know nobody wants to have an allegiance to anything nobody wants to stick up for anything. I know that, you know, you got people like my mother now getting on me. We would be a major deal for her because, um, you know, she'd have to learn different ways of doing things. And, and me, we, as much as it is like, um, like Facebook is not Facebook. And, um, then she's got to get her friends to, to go over, you know, and, it, and we're talking about little old ladies that are in their eighties, you know, <laughs> it's, Wow, that'd be a neat name for a song. Little old ladies that are in their 80s. Some country music writer, if you use those that title, I want credit to it. Um, anyway, uh, or anybody that used that title, I thought of it. Today is um, the 14th of November, 2020, and I claim that title. Um, somebody had posted um, a list of dead people that uh, voted in, uh, I can't remember where it was. Oh, I now have in my possession the full list of almost 10,000 dead voters on Biden's zombie corpse army here in Michigan. Thank you to the person I shall not name who sent this to me. The Trump team now has a full list. This is just a sample for you. And let's see if I can get it to go bigger. No, of course not. Oh, well, that's okay. You got the gist of the story. There's dead people voting for Biden, which is kind of like, kind of ironic because he's basically almost dead himself. <laughs> so yeah, his constituency is, um, is basically who's voting for him. So... Um, anyway, you know, I'm starting to babble on and, and 
and I don't want to do that to you guys. Um, it's been just a little over an hour. I think I've gotten what I wanted to say off my chest. I've uh, played that audio for you. Um, it's still on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's, you know, all you're watching is some guy sitting in his car talking to you. I guess he has one of those cameras on his rear view mirror. And um, he's got it pointed towards him, and he's talking. So he's not violating any laws. He's not looking down at his phone or anything. So it's perfectly legal what he's doing. Yeah, and you'll notice that it's <laughs> it's usually the 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 uh, conservative people that do things lawfully. They'll go out and buy the camera. Uh, usually, the leftists are are texting on their phones while uh, while they're driving. And boy, I'll tell you, with all the leftists that live in this state, um, just driving an hour to work is putting your life in your hands. My goodness sake, just going to the next town is putting your life in your hands. You don't know how many times my wife and I have almost been creamed by some idiot that decides to pass on a two lane road. And, uh, you know, I'm flashing my lights and beeping my horn and everything else. And finally he gets in at the last minute, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. And I know a lot of it has to do with dope smoking. Um, you know, they, they get high the night before they're not quite with it the next morning. And, uh, or they're high while they're driving at that moment. Who knows? Um, there are just a lot of, uh, a lot of weird, weird people here in Oregon. And I don't, I'm not saying that Oregon people are weird. I'm saying that it's the Californians that move up here because they all moved up here in the seventies so they could smoke dope. And, uh, you know, that gets passed on to the next generation. And then there's probably been like three generations now of Californians that moved up here in the 70s. You know, if there's somebody my age, you know, in my early 60s or maybe even older in the 70s, because the hippies would be more like in their 70s. So the next generation could be in their 50s, my age. Um, no, I'm, I'm in my 60s, sorry. Uh, be in their 50s. Um and then their children would be in their, their 30s. And so there could be four generations of dope smokers out there on the road. And now that they've made meth and magic mushrooms legal here in Oregon, um, you know, who knows? But, um, you know, they taught us to drive defensively when we were in, in driving school down in California. And I think it, it's, it's going to pay off a lot as we get older. It really is because... There's a bunch of Meshuggah drivers out there that shouldn't even be behind the wheel. Um, I had it where uh, I saw it right out in front of my house. We have uh, we live in on the on a highway, but um, in a town. You're supposed to do 40 miles an hour. That rarely gets done, especially the logging trucks. They're in such a hurry to get where they're going. Nobody does 40. I told the sheriff one day. I says, I give you full permission to sit in my driveway with your radar gun. I said, you could write tickets all day long if you wanted to, and you can make your quota, your week's quota in two days, you know, real easy. Um, and he kind of laughed, and it was that one of those laughs where, yeah, well, that's not what I do. I don't write tickets. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I saw somebody with their left turn signal on and a cargo to pass them on the left. And uh, nothing happened, thank God. But it was right out by the post office, and and it could have it could have been a real mess. It really could have. And it's just because people are in a hurry anymore. They don't. Nobody obeys the laws. I mean, hell, if you can't obey election laws, and 
you know, and you think that um, it's okay to smoke dope and take magic mushrooms and make and smoke smoke meth and everything else, and you're breaking all those laws. What are traffic laws? They're, they're really insignificant when it comes to some of the more big daddy laws that there once was. You know, running a stop sign is nothing to these guys. Passing on a double yellow line on a blind curve is nothing to these guys. When that happens, I just slow down. I told my wife, you know, there's been a few times because I'm a nurse and she's a former medical assistant. You know, I said, I said, with some of these people, I have a really hard time trying to figure if I would stop if they ever, you know, went off the road and rolled their car about three or four times. Because, you know, you can't fix stupid. And all you're going to do is maybe save their life so that they can do it again. Because people don't learn anymore. And I said, no, don't get me wrong. I probably would stop. and need any assistance and help I could, you know. Because uh, being a pastor and stuff, I would probably have, to, you know, even if they were passing on, I'd be praying for them and asking them to accept the Lord as their uh, Savior, you know, before they went on. But... Um, I'll tell you, the temptation would be just to drive by. And uh, we had a road rage thing um, a few months back. We had some guy that was, I guess he thought because he was in a brand new Audi and uh, he was he was a prestigious man since he was in an Audi. But he didn't he he was um, he looked more like a a drug abuser than anything else. Um, But anyway, uh he was riding my, my bumper most of the way. And I was you know, 60 miles an hour in a 55. And uh, so finally I tapped on the brakes. I didn't slam them on. I just tapped on them. So the lights came on. Boy, he didn't like that. He first chance he got, he passed me and he slammed his brakes on. And I had to slam my brakes on to keep from hitting him. And did that a couple times. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I said, uh, the pistol's in the glove box. I said, get ready to get out because this guy's a big guy. And uh, so he's driving down the road, doing about 50 miles an hour, hanging out the car, looking back at me and yelling and not looking where he's going. (laughs) And I just kind of motioned to him, like, you know, you better back off. You better back off. So he did. But he went up and right by the freeway, got off the freeway like he was going to get behind me again, but he never did. But uh, that's the closest I ever came to having to defend myself with my weapon. And... uh, and I think I, you know, could have proved my point because the guy's arms were like tree trunks, you know. He could have probably snapped me in half real easy. And I'm a big guy. Um, but, uh, you know, people are just crazy anymore. They're they're nuts. They really are. Whether it's on the road or if it's at the workplace, you know, half of them are liberals at the workplace. And like I mentioned the other day, they're not, a, they're not ashamed to talk about um, – their candidate and uh, when we're not supposed to talk about politics at all. But, um, and then you got the, you got the Antifa schmucks up in um, Portland who say they're anti-fascist, but are doing everything the fascists did in Germany before, you know, for for Hitler to take over. Um, They're no different than the SA was. So, you know, talk about a, identity crisis you know um and then then they go after the mayor that sided with them you know they go after him like they're going to burn his house down or his condo so he had to move and left all those other people there to deal with it man that's a nice brave thing to do then they were going after the city commissioner the other day 
It's like all these people are in league with you and you're trying to destroy them. So you just got a bunch of vandals that are out there with a, a chip on your shoulder that want to hurt anybody that they can. And, uh, but like I said the other night, there's going to come a day when, um, when the left does get into office and they're not going to need the SA or the Antifa anymore and, and they're going to disappear in one night. And, uh, it'll probably be blamed on the conservatives, but, um, you know, they're, they're going to kill their own because they're, they're right now they're just useful idiots and, and, uh, as long as they're useful, they'll be used, and when they're not needed anymore, they'll be disposed of, and they don't realize that. They're too stupid to realize that. So, anyway, I'm going to get off this thing. I'm going to get this show ready to put on the air. Um, what I do is I, I usually, uh, this thing saves a copy of the show for me. So, what I do is I, I call it up in um, Adobe Audition. And uh, fix it up, take any noises out of it, uh, make sure that all the sound levels are about equal, and uh, and then put it on. Uh, I take it off a speaker and then upload it, upload the cleanup file to there, and also put it on Podbean and uh, into a Dropbox account to save it, and and uh, and then once it goes to YouTube and it's published on YouTube, I download it and put it onto. Uh, Rumble, uh, just in case YouTube decides one day that they don't like me anymore and they shut my account down like they did to Jim Wilhelmson. Although Jim's videos had other issues that we won't go into, but, um, anyway, um, I guess this is the end of the show. Been on for an hour and 13 minutes or an hour and 14 minutes now. Um, I want to thank you for listening and thank you uh, for listening to that guy. He, I hope he explained things to you that if Trump just does not concede that he's got this election in the bag. So, and if you can send him a letter, just encourage him. Even if it's to say, I like what you're doing. Keep, just keep going. You know, don't give up. That's all you need to say. My letter will probably be two or three pages. That's what I do. But, um, Anyway, just little, nice little things of encouragement would go a long way. And I think that if we did that for, for Donald Trump after all that he's done for us, then, um, then a lot of good things will come of it. So anyway, in the Lord's name, uh, the name of Yeshua HaMashiach or the Lord Jesus Christ, I bless you. And I pray that your weekend, uh, cause it is the weekend now is uh is a wonderful and blessed uh weekend and that um that as time goes on we have a resolution to all the madness that's going on and we can go on with four more years of Trump. So anyway, show's over. See you on Monday if I don't see you sooner. Good night. <laughs>